why hello and i would like to extend a warm cringe evangelical welcome to you all i'm elena and unlike what i said i would do on instagram i got sidetracked on an adhd side quest um or neurodivergent i don't necessarily know if i have adhd anyway i don't know why i ruined that intro just to say that we are not going to talk about um my marriage course and all the ways that i can um do marriage like god intended because i got into a little rabbit hole of evangelicalism in england really evangelicalism in liverpool because that is the biggest area i'll get into it um but we're gonna discuss why i thought uh evangelicals basically didn't exist in england how now there's some backtracking and in my opinion a very concerning wave of american christians bringing their regressive social ideals to England, um, mainly because there is like a lot of issues with transphobia and trans hate crimes in the UK right now. Um, But I'm specifying England because that is kind of king daddy of evangelicalism in the UK region. Um, So yeah, I hope you all enjoy a little trip across the pond. Um, You know, it is it is concerning knowing that evangelicalism is ultimately like unable to be completely um hid from but it is nice to know that if i go to england i might meet someone who has funny stories like me so you know you gotta look at the silver lining you gotta you gotta think of it as uh, the good stuff so yeah without further ado thanks guys and let's get started Before I tell you my most precious memories of being told about how if I went to England, I'd have to either proclaim Christ to be ridiculed or not tell anyone because I would be ridiculed. So I can do that in America. I don't know why they were shipping me off to England for that, but apparently to them, like it was everyone in England. And um, I don't even know what to say. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff. We're going to talk about cringy missionary stories. I know we're going to talk about articles people from colleges in America have written about how we need to, like, save England from itself. We're going to look at um, a lot of things. I'm picking England for a couple of reasons. One, they speak English. And so therefore it is the easiest for American groups to kind of saddle in or saddle in. That's a weird term. What did I mean to say? Come up beside uh, British Christians uh, with the express purpose, not only of having uh, the strategic uh, location, because from a geography perspective, if you wanted to spread Christianity and evangelicalism, England's a very strategic spot to be, and it's easily accessible because there's no language barrier in the same way. Um, Another thing, there's just a lot of infrastructure that makes it easier for Americans to bring similar structures into uh, the UK and have them uh, really I don't know if the term is like cloning it because I don't think that's necessarily fair, but definitely taking it and like bringing a new aspect to it. I think the one that should be the scariest is that 
British evangelicals made a lot of social commentary traditionally, but did not participate in politics. I think American Christians would push them to do that, specifically American evangelical Christians. And if I was a British person, I would be very scared of that possibility happening, especially as, uh, again, we see some regressive social aspects uh, of society that are kind of cropping up with transphobia and so forth in the UK. Um, That's just my take. That's just my opinion. But, you know, I do think it's concerning um, because, I mean, this is always my joke. One of the things British people have on everyone is that they're not American. Like, that's the one W, like, British people have is, like, not being American. Um, and I get it. Like, we're we're clowns. I get it. Clown on me all day. Like, I'm from a country that literally sells military-grade weapons at a Walmart. Like, you have reason to suspect. However, and this is kind of general overview of what I've seen, and I can tell you this from my own personal life, I see a movement of American Christian ideals being brought into these new church plants in specifically the Northwest UK. Um, And that is really concerning to me as well. Uh, Yeah. So what I have here is a couple of articles. Um, The one was from Biola University, which is a really uh, conservative um, Christian college in California in the LA area. Um... And the other is from Forbes magazine. I'm going to just say bias-wise, like, obviously, Biola has a huge reason um, to want a certain narrative about the UK and evangelicalism. You will notice in that review, in the book that they review, that there are elements of, like, Christian social ideals that have been so ingrained in evangelicalism that they're actually concerned that British people aren't coming into these like specifically American values and ideals. Um, I think that's just because uh, most um, Christians don't self-reflect because they're taught not to. I remember uh, going back to my Patch the Pirate episode when I was a kid. We were taught not to meditate or use mindfulness because emptying your mind means that God couldn't be in it and your mind should always be on God. So like this little girl got kicked out of class by her teacher because when she asked what she meant when she meditated, how she felt, she said she thought about God and blah, blah, blah. So like when you promote like basically just never thinking, um, like literally that's what it was. It was like, don't ever sit and think because then you might actually think through how crazy this all is. You know, they, they, that's taught to you. Um, that's really a scary thing. And so um, I think that's where there's some, you know, some elements. So I'm going to start with the Biola article. Uh, just to give an overview uh, outside of my own personal experience and just kind of the, the get a finger on the pulse. Um. So the book is called The Death of Christian Britain by Callum G. Brown. Um, and he is actually from University of Glasgow. Um, I don't agree. I'm just going to say right now, I already know me and Callum are going to have mad beef if we ever meet in person. Like, I can feel it. It came out in 2001, this book. But this guy is kind of reviewing it, saying, okay, like, let's look at it now that Christianity is dead. Um... 
Christianity's not dead in England. And, and I, at the end, I'm going to sum it up, but I'll give you like a little like tidbit in the beginning. Even if you are not saying you are a Christian in a predominantly Christian nation that is foundationally based on explicitly Christian values and morals, regardless of how far away from Christianity you go, you still are socially ingrained to fall back on that moral compass and idea because it's just how your society is shaped. And I don't know what to tell you besides that's inescapable and you have to unpack that as a person. You can't just leave the church because society is very much uh, informed by Christianity, however that may be. I just want to put that out there. Um, so anyway, uh, the the one thing I will give this author, I think it makes sense um, because he is from at least the University of Glasgow. I can't tell if he's a British person them himself. Um, he said a lot of British people complain about the book because it's called The Death of Christianity. But really what he's talking about is evangelical Christianity, which I think is like a little uh, unhinged. Um, there's also this other... There's kind of a weird vibe where evangelical Christians are like sort of okay with mainline Protestants in England because they're not Catholic or just like nothing. But they still are suspect. So like keep that in mind too. Um... He's saying that the death of Christian Britain is British people have stopped identifying with the Christian tradition. That I mean, that's true. Overall, like you have what's called minority majority cities and stuff. Again, I think there's a racist element to some of the stuff we're going to talk about. But again, that that is not untrue. Brighton, I believe, is the most atheist city in the world. That's just interesting. I think that's interesting. Um, I think it's very scary because, again, because we can share content with British folk easier than other countries because there's no language barrier that is scary to american evangelicals some of you might say well yeah but like australia new zealand all these areas but they have hillsong like in australia it's also a lot farther away you know there's it's a quicker flight to england than australia so i think that's just one thing also canada is like landlocked with us so canadian christianity looks a lot more like american christianity with elements of like maybe some british stuff because like um basically I, you know, actually, I don't know. What the hell is Britain, Britain's relationship with Canada right now? Like, I am so confused. Okay, this is just a rant. What the fuck countries do, like, Britain own now? And which ones have, like, run away? Like, I can't keep up. Like, I know the ones that aren't colonies anymore. But, like, which ones are, like, habsies? Like, because, like, from my understanding, Canada's not a colony. But, like, the queen's showing up sometimes. Someone help me figure this shit out. I am so confused. I... I don't know. I don't know. I'm just very confused. That was just a rant. So anyway, whatever the fuck is Britain's deal with Canada, that impacts it. Um, and then, sorry, I just don't. It's so confusing. I, America has similar stuff. It's just really, I don't understand how like that cultural element impacts it. Very weird. I don't know. Colonialism in general is just a whole clusterfuck. So and back to this book review um so they're saying there's still christians in britain I, I am glad that they recognize that again um but he says the christian tradition is gone which i think is interesting because it's just one interpretation of the christian tradition but to say that like his version is the only version or the best version of christianity or how it should be done making that clear um, is beyond arrogant. And I think that it just shows 
um, that was more how our Christianity to go. Instead of, um, I want to preserve Christianity, the historic religion, and adapt with it. That's my beef. I know I'm reading a lot into that, but that's just not something I've noticed. Um, another thing he talks about is the feminization of Christianity, and then that's how killed that's how Christianity died in England is because uh, they made it too girly. Um, I'll say it. Fuck that and fuck him. I don't think I need to break down why that's wrong. So yeah, uh, what we got out of Biola is uh, we made Christianity too womanly. And that's what took down the British Christians. Um, he also goes off about, like, you know, the woke for whatever bullshit and gay people. And then also, like, a weird and historically inaccurate rant about C.S. Lewis standing up against the haters or something. I don't even know. Uh, this is Elena's too-long-didn't-read version, but... Um, they're blaming, and this is a common Christian, American Christian thing to do, they're blaming too much college, essentially, and that C.S. Lewis stood up against, you know, the anti-Christian college and tried to save college from Satan and crap. All this stuff, like, this is common in our anti-intellectual, don't think different, uh, keep everyone in a bubble thing that we've talked about on this channel, or whatever you want to call this, podcast feed, whatever, fucking, I don't know, um... Yeah, so that's that. Um, the next is from Forbes. Forbes is not a Christian magazine, but it is a pretty right-leaning magazine because it's Forbes. It's for rich people to be rich. So um, Doug from Forbes has written this. I'm not going to give his last name. Um, He talks about America's special relationship, but that... Oh, I'm sorry. I should have given you the absolute banger title. Lacking a First Amendment, Great Britain is hostile toward religion. I do like the point that the like piece of paper that we wrote um, to say no more, stay away, no, 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 more England is now something we're like, why didn't they have that? And it's like, but that we wrote it because they didn't have it. Like, that's like that's your favorite part of history. Forbes right wingers is the part where we wrote the document that said uh we were gonna have a first amendment and you guys don't so I don't get why we're like shooketh by that um these are people who still have a monarchy and like act like there's nothing they can do about it like I know America has problems but we're talking about England today okay the UK I put everything on England because I kind of like I have a friend who lives in Edinburgh, and a lot of Scottish people specifically do not like being roped into England's bullshit, and I get that. But to be fair, when the UK does something internationally, it does represent all those countries, whether they like it or not. That is why I'm sort of flipping by accident. That's just me. That being said, uh, this person is like, they would have Christianity if they had a First Amendment, but they are super woke uh, people and they will not. So the last guy was like, they were too womanly about it. They, you know, Margaret Thatcher came in and that was the end of that. Um, I don't know why I picked her because she was a Republican or whatever, Tory, whatever they call it over there. But yeah, um, she was the worst. Anyway, so they said religious liberty will die again, which I think is funny. <laughs> Because if you follow at least, like, 
the national myth timeline of like British people coming to the U.S. Like <laughs> the reason was for religious liberty. It was like Puritans were getting like hate crime or whatever. Like I don't like they're like all the things we left England for they're doing and we're mad. Like, yeah, yeah, like correct. That's exactly what's happening. Like I don't like, like oh, my goodness. So anyway, they're saying that religious liberty is at risk because they, they're de- dominated by political correctness. I'd like to remind you, this is a country. They had like three prime ministers in one year. And it was because uh, things were not going politically correct, so to speak. I just love like this idea that like England is top woke big city country. And like it's like, no, England is like... When you think about America, sometimes they'll be like, how are we descended from these people? Like they have, you know, uh, such great literature and castles and universal health care. And then I'll see a picture of like two people getting engaged in front of like the beer section at a Tesco. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, we are interlinked. Um, I think, you know, we're more similar than we like to let on in some respects. Anyway. Um, he's saying that uh, the United Kingdom is not a persecutor state, but that you are seeing increasing challenges. Now, a persecutor state, I'm not going to name the countries because I'm not going to participate in blatant Islamophobia, but it's basically just states that have like national religions and then persecute you based on them. I've never been or lived in a country like that in my life, so I don't know what they're talking about. We We never do bad things like... You know what? I can't even joke about it because of everything going on with Israel and Palestine. But like, you're, come on, like, we totally persecute like Muslim folks all the time in this country, in the U.S. at least. So anyway, um, there is a group in Britain called Christians in Parliament. I didn't know this. I'm just going to pause here and say this is baffling to me personally, because like from an American evangelical perspective, there is no such thing. Like Christians are this like subgroup and they are still like, I would say like a niche, like especially evangelicals, but like the true Christians, because in evangelical context, the only true Christians are evangelicals who have told you a time and date that they prayed to be saved from being terrible and that like they're going to heaven, they're in the book of life. Like that's how they view it. So for example, like there's a lot of discussion and I'm going on a rant again about like, how Anglicanism is still like uh, impactful and there's still like liturgical elements to evangelicalism in England. And I can't say I know for 100%. I could see where that's true because there's liturgical elements in some evangelical American Christian denominations. Um, But I do think it's interesting that like one of the reasons we have to save England is because like their brand of Christianity doesn't do it for us. You know, like we got to go save them from the Christianity uh, with robes, you know, like it's just wild. Um, But anyway, so there is a Christians in Parliament party. I would say most American listeners are probably pretty shocked by this as well. Um, I don't know. I know enough about like, I know like the Prime Minister's Rishi Sunak. I know like basic stuff about like the politics. From my understanding, the Tories are like the Republican people. And I only know this because when I was in Lighthouse Books in Edinburgh, you can get like pins that say like never kissed a Tory so I like put that together because that was a very liberal bookstore <laughs> um, and then I think the Labour Party is like their version of like a more like democratic party that we would see I can't like they seem to have more than two parties but those seem to be the big two I should have looked this up prior 
But I was too lost in the sauce on this guy telling y'all how to get a First Amendment. Anyway, um, so they want, uh, so they, so this group, Christians in Parliament, published a report on religious freedom. Now, remind you, religious freedom in its basis just means that everyone would have no, would have legal protection to basically uh, practice their religion and there's no barriers there. There can be high levels of persecution in a social environment. However, there is a difference between the state is telling me I can't do my religion and um, regular people just saying like, you're an idiot. Like that, you know, those are two different things. You know, there are people that would be shot by their own military for saying they are a certain religion in certain countries. Whereas like in Britain, that's not going to happen you're actually more likely probably to have negative police or like state encounters if you're Muslim. I mean, let's just be honest. I'm using Islam because that's like always like the low hanging fruit for these governments. I'm just putting it out there. I do think I'll get to this at the end. I'm just going to point out Rishi Sunak is Hindu. And this is I think you're going to see some shifts because of that. Just hold that thought. But we will continue. Christians in the UK face problems in living out their faith, and these problems have been mostly caused and exacerbated by social, cultural, and legal changes over the past decade. Are you guys fucking thrilled to find out how they are facing challenges? By the way, I'm just going to already spoil it. These challenges will not be like they aren't able to rent anywhere because they won't rent to Christians or, you know, um, they won't be able to uh, go to church on Sunday because, you know, people will be throwing tomatoes and knives at them. Like, no, I don't. That's a weird combo. Anyway, but like, anyway. So, yeah, basically um, what we're seeing is that, you know, it's the secular society argument, which, yeah, England and UK, Scotland, all UK, Scotland, Wales and Scotland and Northern Ireland would all arguably be secular societies. I don't disagree with that. There's a difference between being a secular society and being an anti-Christian one. Secular society just means that at a societal level, there is no state religion, which technically, um, obviously, the Anglican Church is, is the Church of England. And then I think my big beef is that, you know, the reason theoretically i mean there's a lot of mythos within the discussion of how the united states begins but you know they were running for religious persecution reasons and so the response from the country that left the other dudes basically over like some religious beef are now gonna come back and tell them how they should uh become another like basically like state religion sort of vibe like it's just so wild that's wild. that's like some cognitive dissonance if i've ever seen it jesus christ anyway um you know the christians in parliament do say that christians always have tensions because of uh the values of society again like there's nothing wrong with that it doesn't mean you need to go on a crusade to change society i remember when i interviewed for my honors program at college we were discussing uh saint augustine's um city of god and um I mean, I don't really like Augustine that much. He's a misogynistic asshole, but he's also super dead. So um, we don't have to worry about him necessarily. But anyway, um, he discusses like, you know, the earthly city, the heavenly city. Um, it's an interesting 
paper, you know, whatever. But um, a girl in the discussion was talking about how, like, the end goal for Christianity was for, like, a fully Christian government. That's really scary. Um, I've talked about this briefly, but, like, I have been to Eastern Europe uh, pretty extensively. And, yeah, I've seen how that mix goes, and it's not pretty. So we'll just leave it there. Um, We'll just leave it there. I don't really want to go into that, but, like, that is what I think the goal is. And it's kind of funny because, again, just... I just love what Americans talk about England like our whole history doesn't exist. Like, it's just crazy. Um, so, um, they basically, I, I'm trying to think of how to word this not offensively. I don't think there is. Basically, they're saying that Christians, like, detest being the marginal group and, like, they can't handle it. Again, like, if you evangelical, and this is the United States. I actually don't know if British children are learning this. We were taught, like, we should be the minority and that the only time we'll be the majority is, like, when Jesus comes back. So we got to fight for that because, like, we'll never be the majority until then. Like, we're the few chosen, you know, the few, the far between, that kind of stuff. Um, You know, they, they talk about the U.S., our legal issues with that. I think we have more. Well, I can't say. I'm not reading, like, the BBC and stuff beyond national news. Um... You know, they're saying that Christians uh, bring a lot of good. They're more charitable. I think that's, like, only half true. Like, how can you Christians are more charitable when, for instance, you're saying in this article, for 1,600 years, Christianity's basically been, like, the one and only. So, like, all charity would have to kind of go through a Christian with the exception of, like, when Muslims uh, largely came in and, like, almsgiving as part of their uh, religion. But I think that's also, like, kind of a silly thing to say because if you lived in a predominantly Muslim country, most of your charities would be Muslim. Like, it's just, that's just how religions work and they interact with society half. Um, I will agree the United Kingdom is more pluralistic. Um, I would even say, like, I although... I do think that, for example, like being in London or the southern part of the UK is a very different experience than the northern part. Um, they talk about religious illiteracy. Actually, I will pause and I'm just going to riff on this one. There are concerns that because we cannot demythologize the Bible to purely like we can look at this non-objectively in the United States, that there are children that are losing the ability to read classic literature because they do not understand Bible stories. But the issue is, is if you try to implement it, it will become like an evangelizing thing um, because uh, people aren't able to take the stories out of the Bible and be like, OK, like the story of Moses, regardless if you believe it, this is a very important story that impacted this, this, this and this book. But you can't do that because now you're teaching religion because it's such a divisive topic. So I think that is something that we have lost in our dogma around evangelical Christianity. And I've talked about this with like English students and, stuff, and they they agree um they actually are saddened by it because also interpretation of literature is impacted by your interpretation of the bible expects an interesting thought um i don't know why i just told you all that but it's interesting that's an american phenomenon i can't say it's the same in england um basically uh i'm not gonna read it because it's super offensive but they go pretty hardcore um saying that religious groups um aren't allowed to basically uh be homophobic and how that uh is a religious liberty issue um a businessman was detained and questioned by the police for displaying bible verses viewed as homophobic like why was he a street preacher was arrested and charged with a hate crime for saying that homosexuality was a sin i mean I feel like that story, I want to know more about it, but, like, that was put in this art to scare people. 
into being like, uh-oh, look what can happen, guys. You bet, like, uh, get a hold of it in the United States. That's how, like, England and the UK, but I'm just going to say England because I think when most Americans talk about the UK, they don't even know the other places exist. Um, So, really, like, they're trying to, like, look at how bad it is over there, and they're, like, you know, our special friends. They, I don't know. It's just, we're, like we're always connected but yeah so i think that's something that's interesting i think there's also some like let's shock everybody into like look at how bad the uk has gotten um the report did acknowledge it not be wise to present one's faith in a confrontational manner uh you think criminalizing preaching basic religious doctrine is akin to the sort of persecution common elsewhere around the world there is a difference between uh actual religious doctrine and interpretations of a mistranslated bible verse like let's talk about religious doctrine name three college classes you were in i'll wait anyway um employers may be justified in instructing workers to avoid subject on company time i mean it's generally best practice not to shove your fucking religion down someone's spirit at work know why you need an article to uh break that baby down for you um so, yeah, that's just kind of they're blaming, you know, the wokeisms, gay, you know, all the things that are actually like it's easy to blame them because, yes, they're the most like against the religion. But it's because the religion has been so against them for so long. Um, They also blame the medium or the medium, the media. Again, this is mirroring U.S. views in a lot of ways that the media is anti-Christian. That's something I was taught as a kid. The media wants Christianity down so that like the media can be like your one source of truth. That's like something you're taught. Um, I do. Can I just say, and I have read a lot of like British like church web stuff now. I'm obsessed with British people using... And I know that they got it from, like, American, like, templates and stuff because it, it's the same stuff we, like, I know it's the same stuff we use. It, it's literally copy-pasted. Like, they'll bring in, like, liberty as, like, a Christian value. I need them to know. I need them to know so hard that when Americans put liberty into any religion, it is always about, like, July 4th, 1776, okay? Like, when we say we're liberty, we're talking about how, like, this likes how Americans do Christianity better. There's, like, a lot of belief the found the founding fathers, like George Washington, John Hancock, that whole group. Um, That whole group founded us specifically on Christianity and Christian values. So liberty is cons- Christian value in a lot of American circles. I am obsessed with British people taking that quote-unquote Christian value and being like, look what the Americans taught us. My homie in Christ, what they taught you is one of your values is being liberated from yourself. Like, we have that value because of all y'all in the colonizing and then the other white people that were also colonizers being mad at the other, other white people that were colonizers but not physically there that was confusing all i'm trying to get at obsessed with them saying like liberty from this and that and the other thing when like our whole basis of liberty is liberty from like england and the uk i'm upset it's so funny to me and like you can even tell when they're writing it like i don't think they understand what they're writing because like we'll write things like we fight for our freedom like america is like the country that's like always fighting these big powers blah blah like we always like talk like it's that like you know those boys are over there fighting so you can stay free since like day one when you're writing that as a british person like you are writing like about being freed from the country you are a citizen of i love it i love it so much it's so funny to me that's got to be the 
funniest thing people have accidentally done in their Christian knees, whatever. I think this article just brought it up because they're talking about, like, if only they had liberty over in, over in England. Like, <laughs> whatever. Um, uh, they are saying the most threatening factor in the UK, though, is the law. There's the 2010 Equality Act, which bans discrimination on religion and sexual orientation, which should Christians happy because it actually codifies in law that religions are protected. That said, they're saying that because it also protects sexual orientation, it can't fully protect religious liberty as well. You all know how I feel about that. Obviously, it's bullshit. I will say this as someone who works in child welfare and gets asked a lot about, like, when a child's rights begin and a parent's ends. Um, they begin and end when your personal safety, autonomy, and ability to do basic functions it can no longer be met. One of those would actually be considered marriage or, like, blessing a long-term relationship. You have a right to romantic relationships, so whoopsies. Anyway, also, I think it's funny because, like... There's always rules in a group you join. So I just, I can't believe they're shocked that everyone doesn't follow theirs. Like, that's what's crazy. Uh, they write a bunch of stuff about British law. I don't think the author of this actually gets. Because, like, they're like, oh, here's some laws we have. Let's send them over. Like, no, no, no. Uh, oh, there's a public order act that penalizes insulting speech. Again, like, I love these acts that are just supposed to, like, keep people, like, happy and be normal. And these guys are just like, if only they could uh, be like us and, you know, tell each other to fuck themselves and, like, use hate speech and slurs in the middle of the street. Then they'd know what freedom really is. Like, it's so crazy. Um, prevention of harassment over protection of liberty. This is a big one. This is a big one. You are, part of liberty is not being harassed. Actually, that's the beginning and end. If you protect liberty, you prevent harassment. Those shouldn't be two different things. Um, but yeah, uh, Christians, Christians in Parliament in the UK, absolutely terrifying group of people. Um, they also are anti-human rights commission. Yikes, my dude. Um, that's no bueno. Uh, I don't even know what else to say. I'm just reading line after line of just insane stuff being suggested to British Parliament. Retreat is not an option. Christians in Parliament emphasize that believers cannot leave public life. Who is asking them to? No one's asking them to. They might be asking you to stop screaming you're all going to hell like in Piccadilly Square or something. Piccadilly Circus. Sorry, I don't know why I thought that. But um, they might not want... <laughs> you know, I don't think they're saying like you must stay in your house and never come out. Like no one's saying that. They're all, this is turning bigger, like, Europe is this devil, we're all gonna die. A lot of times, too, because they blame colleges in this, too, is that anything that's, like, seen as a form or a way to, like, protect anyone that's not, you know, white dudes who, uh, coast through church on Sunday, um, is basically, like, an anti-liberty. So that was interesting. I am gonna switch it. I, um, I also was taught, like, pretty extensively that we needed to get to Western Europe and fucking course correct. Like, that for Dyer, that Europe was so dark. Um, obviously, the UK in particular was an easy, like I said, it's strategic. It's, they speak English, you don't have that barrier. They're right in the, kind of the entrance to Europe, in fact. So if you go to, like, London, you can get, like, a you know, a train in like two hours to Paris and, you know, so forth. So you can get into other parts easily. So sorry. Um, another thing to note. So, you know, what? actually let me back up. I'm going to talk about the reasons we were taught that England is a godless society and the UK is not Christian. And bemoaning that. 
the big one is that um one was it did not have censorship in the media which i think is ironic because that's like honestly more liberty if you're going with this liberty route um but they, they there's a belief that because there is no censorship on tv they're not trying to protect families and children and promote like sexuality and immoral behavior again i've seen a lot of british tv i don't watch it often because like why would i i i don't have access to it really but like from what i've seen like obviously there is a range of content in british television that can air live but with streaming like in the u.s all of these discussions are kind of taking a turn the other reason uh was the monarchy and this whole idea that god is king and that they have a king and that's like they like bring it kind of back to like the solomon thing where or not solomon saul when like israel asked for a king and like how they're like repeating that i think that one's like cray like that's just crazy also like the king being the head of the church of england is seen as like a very uh heretical thing i <laughs> i mean you know what i'll hold my tongue there it's not the most untrue that's not the most untrue but anyway um yeah and then the other reasoning was oh i was taught and i know this is fake now that like every beach in europe was a nude beach that was another one i know that's not true now but like that was like people were going hard for just people being naked a lot in europe that was that was a thing but um the other was that uh there so in recently is what's it's what's called minority majority so like i believe brighton and birmingham are mi minority majority where white people are no longer the majority that was like a big uh like dog whistle to evangelicals like oh shit and this is exactly how they talk and i'm gonna say it this way so you understand how horrible it is basically asians uh will bring all their events and then muslims will take over and there goes christianity and that's how they talk they'll say it just like that the muslims are taking this group's taking over if we don't have white people we won't have christianity that, that's a thought i think we're going away from that but i'm gonna tell you like in the early 2000s that's how we talked i don't care what anyone slight me i say out there um there is a contingency from when i went to college and beyond of american christians and i know this exists because you got uh the england has act 29 throughout the region actually it's uh into wales and some of scotland but i don't think it's in ireland which is an american group so we went hardcore you would send groups of americans to sit in like busy areas of london and specifically stop muslim women to try and convert them to christianity using that they have more freedom in christianity than islam and it was this view that like islam's gonna take over and like it's very islamophobic also around that we're sending large groups to go get quote unquote their feet wet in missions in a safe environment that being england to promote church plants something i noticed when i start talking about the elements of evangelicalism is that there are like very few like churches that are evangelical that are like old I, I struggled really hard to find something that wasn't a newer church plant however i'm noticing there's a lot of church plants uh cropping in like northeast uh england northern wales and then it kind of died off when you get to manchester and then it goes right over to the east in the northeast um up well maybe a little more north than an exact line straight but that 
um, is because of like really uh, concerted efforts to church plant. And so, for example, Acts 29 is a group. That's just a full church planting group. And they are, they, I think uh, they just had like cornerstone, cornerstone churches in Liverpool prop up with the express purpose of like being very close to the Welsh border. Um, and using that advantageously. I don't know what the goal is. I think it's more to have like camping and stuff in Northern Wales. Um, I noticed that the older evangelical churches like definitely mirror American. I thought there might be something distinctly British that I could at least find off the bat. The only thing that's like British is that like they have tea before church or something. But like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just like Americans would not really do that. Um, I think if I'm a British person, especially a British person who lives in the North, because this is the Northwest specifically, but like it's it's way more concentrated in the North. Um, American groups coming in and like church planning like crazy. And they're. Yeah, like it's it's they have a, a motive. Um, I'd also like to point out I went on some churches like Belvedere Church. Belvedere Street Church. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. B-E-L-V-I-E-E-R-E. Anyway, they have like a whole section on their website just of Americans who go to the church, almost as like this American stamp of approval that like they are the real good kind of Christians because the Americans go. I thought when I saw a student's tab, it was actually gonna be like things they do for children. Nah, nah. I thought that was interesting. It's also very scary. When you're asking for America's stamp on approval of something, you've already fucked up. That's all I'm saying. But anyway, um, but I thought that was interesting. I noted, so I'm going to take a break. I noted things that stood out to me right away. And I'm going to, but first I'm going to talk about where evangelicalism is today. Um, what American missionaries think and how that's impacting where evangelicalism is going i am going to say i'm just not going to talk about london it's impossible to get like the highest levels of evangelical christianity specifically versus just christianity in general every time you look up like which cities have the most like concentrations it's always london for christians i just don't want to count that because like london has the highest concentration of every religion because it's fucking london like it's like uh taking something being like well new york city has the most this that and the other thing when like that's only because New York City has like a million people. That's all I wanted to get at. Um, I'm also seeing this is going to be a brutally long episode. I might have to skip a couple stuff or just really ram through this next part. But I did write down like things that as an American who has seen what evangelicalism has done to our government and politics, I am really concerned and so i'm gonna pause i'm gonna talk about what i noticed and also what i think and why americans are um messaging the way they are about the uk because there's some things i didn't realize were happening politically geopolitically whatever so i'm gonna pause we're gonna have play some music and then we're gonna talk about that Hi, Elena from the future. I remembered one more point that's funny enough I'm going to mention it, and that is that we were taught that uh, England and the UK, but mainly I think they would just say England, uh, is not a Christian nation because of a low birth rate and the idea that people had smaller families, not because of like, you know, the horrifying housing issues and the price of food and um, family planning is actually like the nicest thing you can do for your kids. But um, 
No, they said that if they were real Christians, they'd have more kids uh, and leave their their uteruses up to God. So that was also a reason I was given that these like one family, one child families were selfish, uh, non-godly people. And they needed to throw the condoms out and uh, jump into a ton of debt. So that was just one more thing. Um, again, I'm going to play music and then we'll go. Hey, so I am back. I am um, recording two days after I recorded the first part. So if some things seem like they're repeated, I did try to listen through, but I probably just forgot. And honestly, I forget half the shit I say 10 minutes after I say it. Anyway, we're talking about how evangelicals actually exist in England. Um, Not that I ever thought there were absolutely zero, but it's not exactly a small number. Um, I did, so I'm going to stop back, uh, stop back, start back kind of how this whole subject came about. I always knew I was going to do an episode joking about how evangelicals talk about Europe, um, because really how evangelical Americans talk about Europe is really intermingled with how the American right talks about Europe. So, for example, common themes include they're all communists. It's really dark. They like dark things. Look at the books. Look at the movies. I don't actually, well, whatever. I'm not going to go down that road. But, you know, a lot of things about how the society super liberal, you know, gay stuff, all the, uh, you know, dog whistle shit. So, um, that's really like where it started. Um, it evolved because as I was doing um, like background research for my other subjects, for my other topics, it became evident that there was a bigger evangelical um, group in uh, specifically the UK, but even more specifically like England and some choice parts of Wales um, seem to have evangelical pockets that are more significant than I was ever led to believe. Um, I went online for this and found um, on uh, Reddit, there's uh, groups for like ex-evangelical, ex-Christians, things like that. And someone who was from the UK was like, hey, I feel like I'm alone here. Um, You know, did anybody else have this experience besides me? Because it seems like I'm the only person here that did. I'm going to list all the things I was a part of. If anyone can relate, can you? Um, Which really broke my heart um, because this person seemed like very like they seemed fine like they weren't like in some sort of dire strait but this just seemed to be an issue that like bothered them they had no one to talk about it with and most of the comments were from Americans who were like well I'm not British but I can at least attest to the evangelical thing and then like a couple of actual British people and one American who went to the UK just for some music fest it's like spring fire fest or something I don't know um not fire fest <laughs> like something in that realm though there's like the use of fire is really common because it's like supposed to get the fire under you for god or something in christian naming so i'm not like making a euphemism for that that's how i got interested in it because when i left evangelicalism i um was very nervous to tell people because i was very embarrassed because i was so gun ho for it that when i left i felt like some people were me like 
what happened to Elena? That was like her whole personality. And then the other thing was, well, I had done a lot of embarrassing and bad things and I was very um, mournful for that. I also thought that like I was the only person in the world with my exact um, situation and that the other people who may have had it lived very far away because I live in um, the northeast of the United States and that's just doesn't have the same levels of evangelicalism hugely as the South. So I thought I was all alone with the super fundamentalism. I did find out when I started to open up to people that at least in the U.S. actually a lot of people could relate to me and had similar experiences, um, even just like going to a youth group once or twice or something like that. So I realized I was in good company. And when I have that support, that's when I felt like I really took the next step into feeling more comfortable in deconstructing. Um, so that started a little bit. I've talked in previous ones where I was listening to a podcast. Um, it was like a playthrough of a game, but it was like a short game uh, in between seasons of like a regular. Well, I mean, that is a regular podcast, but like the regular podcast. And one of the members of the team said that they grew up going to Christian camp because their parents were that kind of evangelical. And I like jumped out of my skin because I thought if there would be evangelical like British people, they would absolutely not go as hard as to like go to camp or um, I thought they wouldn't take on things that I thought were more American. And so I really wanted to look in to see if like maybe American missionaries influenced it. Maybe we were influenced by the UK. I wasn't really sure. Um, I still can't tell with camping. I, again, this is just a broadcast. If you went to camp in the UK, I got to know what happened because the pictures I found specifically of warrior camp and then this other camp that was like, I can't remember what it was called, but it was also tenty. Like, we're in tents roughing it. Like, where where is that idea coming from? I can't tell if it's like a tent revival from the U.S. that was kind of flipped over there. Um, I just can't tell. Anyway, that's a rant. But that's kind of what started it. Um, when I interviewed G, uh, G is the person I interviewed who lived in a town that outlawed Halloween due to Jesus or something. Um G also was equally as surprised as me that there was infrastructure for like camping in the UK. It's not like we think they're like unable to camp or something. We didn't realize there was evangelical levels of infrastructure for that. Um, from what I found online, I went on and let me just double check this name. Um, it's Fellowship of Evangelical Churches. Fellowship of Independent Evangelical Churches. Um, and that's arguably the biggest group. They also have the Evangelical Alliance. That's an older group. Anyway, that's where I went to kind of get an idea for statistics for what kind of the general, like what unifies like a British evangelical. Um, I've talked about what I found. I looked at some articles. It looks like the Northwest. Um, if you don't know what that means, just think Liverpool. If you don't know what that means, think the soccer team. And if you don't know what that means, it's where the Beatles are from. So that, that is where, like, the, I wouldn't say Liverpool, the city, although I think that's, like, the city where they would gather. Like, that area seems to be the most popular. Um, so that's the area I decided to zero in on today. I might zero in on others, but since the Liverpool Northwest area was decidedly where the most evangelicals are. I thought that would have the most interesting discussion because it would have the most cultural influence of evangelicalism. And this is all like very difficult information to have. I ha like I don't even know how 100% accurate it is because no one's doing like like in the US there's constant like census. Let's interview people about being evangelical, that kind of thing. Whereas that's definitely not happening in the UK and they use Christian as the broader term, which is what's used in most like super upper level um 
statistic, statistical research and so forth. But it's not helpful in this regard because the UK has like a state religion. And so it's difficult to parse like who's out there like trying to shape society around the religion and who out there is like, well, I'm British, so I'm Anglican. And I'm sure that like if you were British, you might have anecdotal evidence for that. But that's the part where I'm I'm struggling. Um, and that is my biggest barrier. What I'm about to kind of say, this is more for Americans. Like these are the things that are interesting, but also a little alarming because I thought they were American only issues that seem to have been created in the UK. And because they're not actually real issues in the US, they're kind of fabricated by evangelicals. I've got to believe that's the same thing in the UK. And I think that's concerning. Um, that being said, I think the thing that absolutely floored me, I did not think this was an issue outside of the US. Um, in terms of, I should say, let me read phrase that i didn't think this was an issue in the western world outside of the u.s and that is that evangelical churches overwhelmingly had like pro-life anti-abortion rhetoric and groups and i didn't expect that i thought that was like not an issue in the uk i or, or maybe it's not and it's only an issue for them i don't really know like here it's very contentious um it's also not that old of a law like there's multiple people including my parents who like remember when we got abortion in the u.s so it's not like a newer thing i was pretty floored that the uk also participated in that didn't expect that i think that's the one that like really really threw me um kind of some of the other stuff because the first thing i looked is like what do they do for their quote-unquote like mission um because i think that like what you think you're going out to do for good says a lot about like who you actually think you are i couldn't believe that was one of them that was that was the most shocking i mean there's not much to say like i don't agree it's obviously like a it, i don't think it makes much sense their wording is very different than ours like if you were an american church like they put like tombstones for the undead that were aborted outside of churches here like i don't know if that's going on i really doubt it but like the language is there i was pretty shocked by that i think that was the most shocking thing i found across the board i looked at what i did is i went on um in the f-e-i-c yeah their database and was like looking at churches and like their statements of faith and like what sets them apart i couldn't believe that um so that was pretty interesting that was like the first thing i think then an american would be like oh they think that too i don't know and i have to look more into it if that's an issue that's actually british in origin or an american issue that crossed over with like missionaries or influence or just like using american evangelical like tools and stuff to make it an issue that didn't already exist so that's something i'm interested to look into but it was a pretty shocking one that i was not expecting to find um the next thing that stood out um is that uh they had free financial advising i thought that was pretty interesting now the u.s has a uh douchebag financial guy named dave ramsey that's like a christian financial guy but he's like kind of a podcasty a-hole right wing like shock jock sort of dude like he'll just say like crazy stuff about finances and poverty this seemed to be a little more kind-hearted um in that they were trying to like write like or i should say like course correct folks um i thought that was interesting the u.s really wouldn't do that uh they see like financial issues either as a struggle that only god can get you through and so like they love it because then they can take advantage of that and bring you into the church or um it's your fault because god hates you because you did something 
So that's that. And I thought that was interesting. The other thing I noticed right away is that the churches are not old. Not that evangelical churches are hundreds of years old in the U.S., but the U.K. has had evangelicalism actually longer. Um, For example, the Wesleys are from England. You can go to London and you can like see the sign or like the spot where like one of the Wesleys was like moved or something. I don't know. They just have just fucking anything they can get $5 out of you in London. Anyway, so um, there's that. Um, And I thought that was interesting. Another thing I noticed, and I didn't even think of this when I started it, but I should have known when Brexit happened in the U.S., I'm not going to talk on like too much because I'm the EU is very like baffling to me in some respects. Like I kind of get it, but I'm still confused sometimes about like how it all works. Um, But when Brexit happened, conservatives in the U.S. and specifically conservative Christians saw this as a sign that uh, like the U.K. was coming back to its like roots and they were rejecting communism and like democracy might be saved in the U.K. And I think that I see a lot of churches moving into the U.K. and like church planters after this time. And I do directly think that's because they were out of the E.U., this is going to be a galaxy brain take by evangelicals, but it's something they really believe. A lot of evangelicals believe that the EU is um, going to usher in the Antichrist and then bring the end of the world. And that like, like they have other things with like the state of Israel being involved, but like the EU is like integral to that as well. And so they feel that the UK is reclaiming Christ by getting out of like the EU because the EU is um, going to bring like this one world order that will bring the Antichrist. Yeah, so, (laughs) yeah, so, like, I noticed, like, after Brexit happens, there's, like, this surge of evangelical church plants that are all, like, the same structure. Um, I talked about, like, Acts 29, and there's a couple other groups that really focus on the UK region. I thought that was also interesting. Um, And I do think that you might see more of that, but that was something that did happen. I didn't even think of it, which is crazy, because when I was in London last, I did, like, go up to brexit protesters and they were like trying to give me like the what the fuck's the flag the union jack flag and stuff and i like the minute i opened my mouth and my accent came out they were like oh my god and i was like yeah i came to bully you because frankly we are taking so many l's right now i need something to live off of so that's that um but yeah i thought that was really interesting um i think the oldest church i found was founded in 1936 and that was Dovecat Dovecat liverpool and then besides that some older ones are in london which there is a thing and i guess i should have maybe said this in the beginning i did go to an evangelical church in edinburgh once but it was all international students from the university um, and they're like, it was a beautiful church. It was like, everyone was really nice and stuff there. But it did give me the idea of churches for like international folks and students, which is probably true in a lot of cases. Um, but this was a church that seemed to be like, well, like British since like this, so forth versus like kind of a conglomerate. Um, but that's the oldest one I could find. Uh, and I thought that was interesting because in the US, you definitely have evangelical churches that are older. I tried to look up the oldest evangelical church before I just started like putting in cities and like kind of going through their churches and going through that, uh, they have like a master list of all the evangelical churches in the UK and they won't stop giving me some like church that's like non-evangelical. It's like a cathedral or something. You know, I don't even care. But like, that was not the point. I wanted to know like the oldest group of people that are like super for God and also like make it a weird nationalist thing. 
I'd also like to point out that um, a lot of articles pointed this out, and yeah, it's pretty obvious. Evangelical Christians in the UK are not overtly political or as political. Um, if you go on a United States Evangelical Church's website, they will list social and political views a lot of the time, um, either uh, very covertly or very outwardly. Um, that being said, you know, to say that there isn't Christians uh, trying to be in politics, that's a lie. There's Christians in parliaments, you know. Um, that's the beginning right there. Like, once you have a group that's dedicated to Christianity being influential, especially evangelicalism, you, you know, the ship is sailing. And so I think it's kind of, that's a concerning thing. I don't think it's true at all. Um, I actually think it's really naive to say that they are not political. I would say the average evangelical isn't maybe advocating for politics and going all out. But as I have seen in the U.S., you're and not involved will flip a switch if the right person is in office. And I do think um, people call Rishi Sunak like the UK's Obama moment, which is funny because those are not the same person, not one bit. But, um, one of the things that happened with Obama is that uh, his presidency was used as fuel for evangelicals to be afraid of other cultural religions. So that's why I have made a couple comments that I think it's worrisome that he is Hindu, not because I'm worried about him being Hindu. I'm worried evangelicals are going to use that to be like, look at British people. They hired a non-Christian for or hired. They voted in a non-Christian. Um, I say begrudgingly because they had gone through so much by that point. But anyway, um, <laughs> the other thing I'd like to point out, this would not be similar to the U.S. at all, but there's three considered like branches of evangelicalism where in the U.S. there's like 50. Um, and in the U.K., there's open evangelicalism, there's conservative evangelicalism, which would be most similar to the American fundamentalist experience. And then there is basically Pentecostalism, or they'd say charismatic. Um, so like, for example, that like warrior camp thing I covered, that would have been pentecostal i think based on everything i read there but uh i'll just give like a couple of churches i looked into let's say the belvedere church that uh had the americans as their stamp of approval that seemed to be like a more conservative church based on everything i read um yeah the other thing i noted uh i always look at like what they do socially um besides your basic you know food pantry, homeless service type thing that I think is really across the board with churches um, in general. Uh, there were, of course, the anti-abortion shit, which I was really not expecting. There's like baby closets and like the like crisis pregnancy, like all that like manipulative wording. Um, there's also, and the scream I scrumped when I read this is how they word it, the special needs club. I don't want to go in depth, but I think you have an idea. Um, at least in the U.S., saying special needs is like basically like offensive. Like people like my mom's age might say it, and you're like, oh yeah, boomer. But like beyond that, like we're not saying that anymore. We say developmentally disabled or um, intellectually disabled. Not that that really says anything for a club, or just give it another name. The special needs club. Come on. Anyway, crazy. Um. 
yeah, the other thing I found, and this was the only, like, besides everyone just copy and pasting each other's, like, framework for values and stuff, which I think was, like, a church planning, like, model that, like, just a bunch of people were given. Because, um, like, when I say, like, after Brexit, 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, those four years uh, were, like, huge for, like, finding evangelical churches that were planted in the UK. Uh, another thing, am I correct in this, Boris Johnson was the prime minister, which would really... Uh, I think that also plays into it because he was he was something. But anyway, um, yeah, is this Christianity Explored course, which I am going to look into more. I didn't have time, but at first I thought just the one church was doing it. And then I went across a bunch of churches and they were all offering it. So it seems to be something that is given out and is like a common tool. And I, we've never used it in the U.S. So it's got to be something that's U.K. specific. Um, and I will look more into that. Uh, the one other thing I noticed is beyond like Liverpool and then some of the suburban areas of Manchester and then London, which I already said it's a different situation. There's a lot of diversity, a lot of people. There really isn't a bigger or like notable city that has a lot of evangelicals or even Christians in general. Um, like there's an area north of Liverpool. Um, it's like... You know, I'm just going to fucking butcher the name. It's north of Liverpool and it's very rural. It's like something valley. Um, that area is like, I think actually even higher than like the liver surrounding Liverpool area for Christianity and evangelicals. Um, and then the other area was like when you go west of Manchester and then below Leeds, that area was also high. Um, so I thought that was interesting too. It really is besides like obviously London, I just, and Luton was another town that I really don't fucking know, but that was another town. Um, it really is mainly like in the north and that's interesting because I've spent more time in the north than the south of the like that area in the country. Um, I guess I just wasn't paying attention because I again I had like a serious bias that all churches I saw were going to be Anglican or closed. Um, the one thing I did want to point out about open evangelicals, I don't know how they play with other evangelicals, but they seem to have more. Um, they seem to use liturgy, but the other thing is they seem to want to reform the Anglican church. So I think that one's kind of interesting. I would look into that, but I don't know if I care enough. I feel like conservative evangelicalism will be the funniest. Um, but yeah, I thought that was just interesting. I've never looked at evangelicalism in England and the UK, but mainly just England because I gave up on Scotland and the other countries after that. But um, I will definitely do more on this. I have so much more I want to know. Um, I have a couple churches I want to look into more too that are older and I want to see what sustained them versus other churches when they all shut down. Like I want to know, like some cultural things are different there than the U.S. mainly that, um, specifically that in World War II, the U.K. was occupied and the U.S. just wasn't. And I think that also is something else that is not taken into consideration, even though I know it's like 80 years ago, it does impact the structure and how people view religion and things like that, I do think. Um, so that was that. I hope you all enjoyed. Um, I hope you all learned a lot. I hope if you're American, you learned a lot about the UK. I hope if you're from the UK, you're even more scared of Americans and the crazy shit we think now. Um, and yeah, enjoy yourself. Um, 
next week, I have some Bethy Beal updates. She's getting in private DM message fights with pastor's wives about the usage of lube in sex um, because it's a Christian view that lube is like bringing a third party. So it's basically having a threesome and that it's ungodly to do that. Wild. Wild. I stand with Bethy on that issue, but I still don't fucking like her. But I agree with her on that. Lube is fine. And then I also have more of my courses. I'm finally getting taught how to be a good Christian woman by a man, which is awesome. I'm so excited to bring that in. And I actually might look into these Christianity Explored courses that I found from these uh, British people. Maybe there'll be some bangers in there. I want to know what they think about like their surrounding countries. I want to know like how are evangelicals in the UK specifically racist, homophobic, and problematic? And how can I make that really funny? So, um, send in a note if you grew up. Tell me what I did wrong. If you're from the UK and you're like, Elena, you are off the mark on some things. I'm just saying, like, my perception from what I looked into, how I feel based on how the U.S. views the UK. Um, and I'm even going to look in to see what uh, some Act 29, some of these missions groups that I noticed were prevalent, um, what their messaging is. I'm really curious. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's that. Uh, everyone have a good day. Uh, enjoy the sunshine. Uh, drink a pint and watch some soccer, I guess. Thanks, guys. Have a good one.